Acts 17 tells us that Paul and Silas were in Thessalonica for three Sabbaths, three weeks in Thessalonica. They walked there about 66 miles from Philippi where they had been beaten, imprisoned, and treated shamefully. And in verse 2 of Acts 17, beautifully read for us by Christy this morning, we're told that for three Sabbaths, Paul reasoned from the Scriptures with them, and then they got ran out of town by another mob. They were gone, and they were left wondering, did we do any good in Thessalonica? Did we make any difference? Did we start anything that you could call a church? I mean, what, what can you reasonably expect to do in three weeks. What could you accomplish in three weeks? I, I went online. I went to the UCLA course catalog to find out what you can do in three weeks. And UCLA offers language courses, 10-week language courses that can be taken in a three-week intensive. In a three-week intensive, you could learn Chinese. You can learn Korean. You can learn Spanish. We could go to a restaurant and I could say to you, don't worry, I will order for us. I took a three-week intensive course in Spanish. And the next thing you know, I caused an international incident. We're not allowed back at Soshimoko anymore. <laughs> and Matt and Della have to find a new place to hang out. Probably wouldn't come to that. But do you want your doctor coming to you saying, don't worry, I've, I've been doing this for three weeks now. That <laughs> no, doesn't... Give you any, it doesn't give you any, any confidence. You know, if I'm looking for confidence, if I'm looking for adeptness, if I'm looking for expertise, I need more than, than three weeks. And it's very apparent that Paul wished for more than three weeks with these people in Thessalonica. First Thessalonians is very likely the earliest letter that we have from the Apostle Paul, written just months after those events that were read for us about from Acts chapter 17. And, and Paul is concerned. He, he misses these people. He's heartsick that he can't be with them. He's heartsick about how he had to leave them. And, and he's worried. Did, did we do any good? Did we make a difference? Are they still faithful? And so with those concerns, Paul sends Timothy back to Thessalonica to see if months later there is any faith left. And that's the context in which we pick up in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17, page 957 in those Bibles in front of you, or you can read from the screens where Paul writes, But brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. For we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when He comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. And so when we could not stand it any longer. We thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who's our brother, co-worker in God's service in spreading the Gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. You know quite well that we are destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted and it turned out that way, as you well know. And for this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid 
that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and he has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now, we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for all of you in return for all the joy we have in the presence? We, we, we have in the presence of God because of you. Night and day, we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. And now, may our God and Father Himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May He strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all His holy ones. Three weeks. And a church was established. And here, a, a few months later, what is Timothy's report? That their faith was strong. You see it there in verse 6. Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. Good news about your faith and love. Three weeks. And lives have been changed. Eternities have been changed. A, a church has been established. A community has been changed. You know, sometimes... Sometimes we get discouraged and we don't know enough. We haven't been around long enough. I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified to serve. I'm not qualified to lead. I'm not qualified to be part of the life here because you and I are keenly aware of what we are not. But let me ask you this. Have you been a Christian longer than three weeks? <laughs> because in Thessalonica, that means you're qualified. Rather than focus and concentrate on what we lack, what we are not, what if we did like Paul? What if we focus on what we have, specifically on what we have together? And what Paul saw in this church in Thessalonica, it's what I see in many of us here today, many of you, and that is that you have faith. You have a faith that stands firm. <laughs> Three weeks in Thessalonica, and then I talked to Frank. And Frank made it so much worse because Frank said, oh no, Brett, look again, it's not three weeks, it's three Sabbaths. That could be as little as 15 days. So I got my calendar out and I did the math. And I don't like math, but he's right. It could be just 15 days. That is so much worse, but it, whether it's 15 days or three weeks, it's not a whole 15 days. It's not a whole three weeks because in 1 Thessalonians 2.9, Paul says, we worked, we worked night and day in order to not be a burden to you. Paul worked night and day. He was a, a tent maker. He supported himself. He worked the whole time he was there. So how much time was he able to spend actually teaching these people? What could he have taught them in that time? And that, again, seems to be his concern here. Did I do enough? Did I teach enough? Did I spend enough time with them? Uh, but the key really doesn't seem to be what they heard from Paul, but what they saw in Paul. 
They saw his faith lived out. They saw his faith motivating him to, to work, to serve, to have compassion on these people. They saw faith in the face of persecution through those trials and tribulations he went through. They saw faith that stood firm. And so when Timothy returns with his report, what does he tell Paul? Again, verse 6, Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. They got it. It wasn't just that they, taught, they were taught it, but they caught it. They saw Paul's example. This man that walked to their town, still bloodied and beaten from Philippi. They saw his faith. They saw him preaching. They, they saw him putting himself to work. He served them. He blessed them. His life was on display. His life was on display for the truth of his faith. In Paul's response to Timothy's report in verse 8, he writes, For now, ah, we can really live. For now, we can really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. What does he mean, for now we really live? Well, prior to this, Paul was in distress. In fact, if you look back just one verse, verse 7, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. Back at the beginning, verse two or chapter 2, verse 17, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time. I, I love the, the ESV. It doesn't say separated. It says torn away from you. And you hear the distress in those words. You hear the anguish in those words. Paul missed them. He didn't know how they were doing. Paul was worried about them. Worried? Paul? Why, don't you know that you're not supposed to be worried if you're a Christian? Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Do not be anxious, Paul. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. And Paul says, da, 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 da. I haven't written it yet. No spoilers. Don't, don't, don't tell me how it ends. I don't know yet. No, Paul was worried. But now that the report has come back, <sighs> a weight has lifted. He says, we are able to live now. We can finally breathe we can live because we know that your faith is standing firm now when it comes to faith we don't all get there at the same time do we when it comes to faith we don't all get there at the same time now we're aware of that and that's why paul not only looked for faith that stood firm paul also looked for their love he looked for a love overflowing into the lives of others what did what did Paul teach the Thessalonians when he was with them in that short time? Well, Acts chapter 17, verse 3 says, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead, this Jesus that I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, Paul said to them. He preached Jesus. He preached Jesus' sacrifice for us all. He preached His sacrifice motivated by the love of God. You've heard that, right? You've heard that before. It sounds a lot like John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Paul preached love. In fact, seven times in this little letter we call 1 Thessalonians, seven times Paul references love. And then in 2 Thessalonians, four more times Paul is going to reference love. And here, what is it that restored his hope for this Thessalonian church that he was ripped away from so quickly? Again, verse 6. Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. Do you remember when Jesus was asked what is the greatest commandment? Do you remember his answer? 
greatest commandment is this. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And the second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And here in Thessalonica, when Paul couldn't see, when Paul couldn't know what was going on, when he couldn't be sure that they had done any good in this community, as soon as he finds out they have love, oh, he's able to breathe. He says, we're able to live again. A few verses later, Paul prays for them. Wonderful prayer. Verse 12, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as our love does for you. I, I love that last part. Just as our love increases and overflows for you. One of the greatest gifts that you can give someone else is show them how to love. Show them how to love others. I mean, give them something concrete. Give them real examples of serving in love and real examples of caring for others, of nurturing others, of blessing others, helping those whose faith is not standing firm yet, but through your love, you, you love them into that faith, giving them someone to lean on. You know, God's always going to bless that. He's always going to bless you. He's always going to bless that other person. He's going to bless the body, the, the community, the church. There are those among us who don't have a faith that stands firm yet. And the beautiful thing is that does not disqualify them. That does not disqualify them. Instead, that is where love abounds. You care for them. You, you nurture them. You encourage them. You bless them through those difficult times. That's what a church does. That's what faith and love do together. Now, is that it? I mean, is that all there is to being a church? A three-week crash course on faith and love? No. But you know what faith and love are? Faith and love are a great place to start. Again, whether it's three weeks or 15 days, he's working full-time. What could he possibly have covered? I mean, can you imagine the conversations? Paul, this Christianity thing is great. I know we haven't got that word yet, but we're going to use it now. This Christianity thing is great, and we, we sure appreciate you telling us about Jesus. Are there any books you can leave us that will help us to know what to do? Any, any guides? And No, we, we haven't written those yet. We, we, we're working on them. And some of our best people are working on those right now. Well, Paul, can you tell us how to be organized as a church? What do we do if people give us money? What do we do with the money? That, how do we elect elders in the church? Do we need deacons? Paul, what, what, what does it take to, to, to teach in Sunday school? What's it take to be a Sunday school teacher? What's it take to be the guy that does the communion prep? How do we train greeters? Do you think Paul concerned himself with any of those things? No. What did he look for? Faith and love. Isn't there more to it than that? I mean, absolutely. Of course there's more to it than that. In fact, if you go on down to verse 9, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? And then verse 10, night and day, we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Paul was looking forward to the day when he could come back, when he could teach more, when he could supply what was lacking in their faith. And there was a lot lacking in their faith. You may not be able to re relate to this, but these people in Thessalonica, they were very confused about the second coming of Jesus. Can you imagine? I mean, it's a great thing we've got that all sorted out in the last 2,000 years. But for them, this was a major concern. They were very, very confused about that. 
Yeah, there's times when we get down on ourselves. We, don't, we know what we don't know. We know what we don't understand. We know who we are and we know who we aren't. And we are very aware of our sins and our failings. And so many times when we just don't measure up. In his prayer at the end, Paul prays for the Thessalonians. Thessalonians, He says, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as our love increases and overflows for you. May He strengthen your hearts. Why? So that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all His holy ones. Blameless. Holy. Man, those things, they might seem so far away from you right now. Uh, you just can't imagine blameless and holy. They may seem like the furthest thing from you right now. And that's okay. Because the love that we have for each other will help us get there. The love we have for each other will establish us. Hold on to that love. Hold on to that faith. Hold on to each other. And you know, there's someone in your life for whom holiness may seem like the furthest thing for them right now also. There are people around us who have big questions. There are people around us who are wrestling with doubts. They're barely holding on to their faith. And there are others in your life who haven't, haven't found anything close to faith yet. But do you know what they do have? Well, I pray they've got you. They don't need a lecture. They don't need a lesson. They need a friend. They need someone to walk with them. Someone to to go through life with them so that long before they find a faith of their own, you have offered them a love that has overflown out of your life and into them. A love that draws them closer to Jesus. You know, the truth is, there's there's a lot of heavy stuff in this book. And we only have so much time to, to work through some of us. We're so thankful for the groups that we've got and the classes we've got and the teachers that help us through so much of that. But all that heavy stuff in the Bible, it doesn't mean anything if you don't have faith and love. In fact, later on in verse, chapter 5, verse 8, Paul writes, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. There they are again. Faith and love as a breastplate. What does a breastplate do? It protects your heart. You notice he doesn't say, putting on church policy as a breastplate. Putting on your political views as a breastplate. Those won't do it. Putting on, uh, putting on your view of the end times as a breastplate. No, no, no. That's not it. None of those things can do for us what faith and love do faith and love protect our hearts they strengthen us paul says they they let us live and none of that can do for another person what your faith and love can do for them paul prays that the thessalonians love will overflow you know there is no point in love overflowing if it's not overflowing into the lives of other people people who are desperate to know that love those whose love is dried up, those whose love is evaporated, those, there are those who have forgotten that God so loves them. Let your love overflow into them. Let them know that they are loved. My guess is there's someone in your life who has no faith of their own or, or any faith they have is anything but firm, but they've got you and your love overflows into them. 
Take some time to pour into them this week. Meet them for coffee. Invite them for coffee. Invite them for lunch. Let them know that they are valued. Let them know that they are loved. Let them know that you are standing firm for them. You know, in, in just three weeks, maybe just 15 days, the Thessalonians went from being people barely connected to a church standing firm in faith, overflowing in love. What difference can we make in someone else's life in just a short time? Your faith and your love make an amazing difference in the lives of others. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else just as ours does for you. May He strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all His holy ones. Amen.